This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, good morning to you. I, I sh- actually, uh, I should go to my <laughs> Terry Thomas accent now. Oh, yes. what a delightful wedding it was. Oh, top and of the morning, yes, and yes, all that important yes, stuff, yes. Well, um, Charlie, uh, you, you did get to see uh, some of the wedding? No, I didn't. Oh, I you didn't, didn't get up in time. I was running yes, around right. a little behind schedule. No, I just schedule. said the <laughs> hi to Marilyn as she was leaving the studio. Mm. She said, oh, I saw the whole thing. Well, yeah. you guys are amazing. You well, just probably went to bed at 9 o'clock last night and were up at 3 in the morning, <laughs> all geared up and ready to go well, with you. Mug of tea. Shirley's exercise girls had a little bit of an English morning there to, to watch the, the proceedings. Mm. And so I had to drive Shirley, Shirley over there by 6.30 mm. uh, to watch uh, the, the nuptials. Was she all dressed? Did she... Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. No, she had, Shirley. Uh, and <laughs> Sue Woodcock, the friend who threw this bash, had fascinators for all the ladies here. Lovely. They're, uh, they're only, I think, four or five there. and yeah. uh, it, But it was fun. It I was bet. fun. And I watched most of the service and then I had to leave for work. Really? And was, did you enjoy? I did. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. No, really, and she's just lovely. Just, yeah, she is. Yeah. 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 And uh, he looked uh, every bit the prince. And yeah. did Charles walk? Yes. Megan? Yes. Very you know, sedately down the uh, aisle, halfway, halfway down. No, I was, it was really well yeah, done. Yeah. Really well done. Yeah, well, considering they had lots of time to practice oh, it, right? You yeah. Know, they, they did yeah, that. Yeah, you betcha. <laughs> but it was cute. The cutest part was watching the kids. There was a lot <laughs> two, of kids. Two of the young kids there. holding the train. And the darn thing was about 20 feet long. That's amazing. Yeah, but they, you know what? They did a good job. I hope that she can do something without to dance. Like, oh, you know, yeah. really. Oh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Anywho, uh, we've got lots going on on the show today, that's right. for sure. So I'll let you do the phone numbers. Uh, do the phone Just numbers. to make sure people can call us all if, right. if they'd like to ask a question. Exactly. All right. You don't have to use an English accent at all. <laughs> it's 416-360-0740. That's in the Toronto area. Anywhere else in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Can I quickly say hi to a couple of ladies? We might address this actually when we come back. No, go ahead. The, oh, okay. Uh, to uh, Beatrice and... Uh, Bertha Samus, who have a farm up there in the Cannington area, they sent a question to you, and they don't have a computer, so it's a long, long written uh, letter here about how how a person gets rid of the Barbary bushes. It's not Barbary. It's not Hawthorn. It's, with, yeah. No, it's neither of those things. It's Buckthorn. Oh. Buckthorn. B-U-C-K thorn, one word. Okay. It is a highly invasive plant. Mm-hmm. It does take over. It'll grow in the sun. It'll grow in the shade. It'll grow wet. It's like wet, dry. It's not picky, and it'll grow anywhere. And yes, indeed, it's got long thorns, and it's spread mostly by birds uh, who eat the fruit because it does get little fruit, and then they drop seeds all over. So I just wondering. I'm looking at this. Like, you know what they need because they don't have a computer. Um Here's inquiries. You know what you need to do is write to the Ontario Invasive Plant 
Council. Ah, okay. So that is P.O. Box 2800-2800 in Peterborough, uh, Ontario. K as in kite. N, J as in John. 8, L as in Lorna. 5. That's the postal right. code. So what you would do is you'd write to them, ask them to send you a copy of... The, there's, a, there's a whole series of books okay. on invasive plants. So what these people need to really get a handle on how to control yeah. this really problematic plant is a, it's a best management practices series. So the best management practices in Ontario book on buckthorn. Okay. And I'm sure they will send them a copy of it, and then they're good to go with all kinds of good information. Buckthorn. Okay, buckthorn. excellent. Thank you. Yeah, they, they said they, I mean, even with the leather gloves, these thorns come right through. That's they're horrible. Sounds like a wicked problem to face, but anyway. Well, it's a wicked plant, and a yeah. lot of times people don't recognize what it, I can't tell you how many gardens I've been in where people have left that plant to grow as a tree, Uh-oh. or a yeah. shrub, and think that it's somehow a nice plant. It's like, no, this is not a good plant. You do not want it's this plant nasty on, thing. on your Mm-hmm. All right. All righty. Uh, announcements. You've got a whack of them there, I'm sure. I've got a few. Uh, tomorrow, the Greater Toronto Rose Society is meeting at Armour Heights Community Centre, 2140 Avenue Road at Wilson Avenue, just off the 401. Uh, presentation is New Plants with uh, Plants Woman Marion Jarvie. This is a friendly group of people, and they always have great goodies. I think that was nice they included that. They must have been thinking about you, Frank. Uh-huh. Uh, now, coming up uh, next week, uh, actually, a couple of weekends from, from from now, two weekends from now, the Harrison and District Hort Society presents the 17th Annual Garden Festival. That's Saturday, June 2nd, from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the Harrison Community Center. Uh, now, that it's the, um, in the community center, and they're in the pavilion area. It's quite a big event. Admission is free. After the firefighters' pancake breakfast, which is also it's a really it's it's a very big garden festival. It's the biggest one in the area, mm-hmm. uh, and showcases local growers, garden inspired artisans, and new plant introductions. So lots to see and do. There's children's activities. So you know if you're in that area, definitely check that out. Now, if you're in, in Southwest Ontario in the London area or Strathroy, mm-hmm. same weekend, June second and third, there's a big open garden and plant sale at the Cuddy Gardens in. Strathroy. So those gardens are owned by Fanshawe College. Fanshawe has a very large horticultural program. So the student part of the student's practical work is maintaining these gardens. So um, it's lovely. They're lovely gardens. Mm-hmm. I've been there before. They feature one of the largest collection of plants in Ontario. Over 2,000 species are displayed in dry, rock, woodland, perennial, rose, and aquatic gardens. There's a lot of different gardens, themed gardens. Very beautiful. Uh, garden two. So for this weekend, <clears throat> second and third, garden tours, lots of food, either bring your own lunch or buy something on the property. Again, children's activities, Saturday, 10 to 4, Sunday, 11 to 4. Actual address is 28443 Centre Road in Strathroy, or check the web at Fanshawe Open Garden. Okay, and a little bit later, I'll just go into uh, one more little shout-out we've got to give to uh, Philip and Kathy Theodoro in Markham, uh, who very oh, kindly yeah, gave us some of that plant that we've been talking about the last geranium. couple of weeks. Yes, and so we'll, mention, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Meanwhile, I've got a whole whack of folks waiting on the line to talk to you, Charlie, whack. here on The Garden Show like from <laughs> Zoomer Radio, and we'll be back with those folks in just a couple of moments. 
Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Alrighty, Charlie, let's get right to the lines here from maybe just around the corner here in Toronto. It's Trish on the line. Good morning, Trish. Hello, Trish. Hello. Good yeah, morning. Hi. Uh, hi, Charlie. Um, before I get to my question, can I ask why you're not on the radio in the mornings anymore? I beg your pardon? Which mornings? You mean... Every morning. I used to be on at 10.30. Oh, I think, is it on 11.30 maybe? I don't know. Uh, you know what? I don't know either. So I can check into that and let you know. I'll f- find out when that's that airs. The little tips you're talking about. Oh, oh yes. yeah. One minute tips, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll check. You know what? Changes in programming do happen. And nobody asks my permission. <laughs> so I will send a, an email to the program director Saying, and just what's a- going on? ask what's yeah. going on. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Trish. Uh, the thing that you spray the fruit trees, is it dormant spray? Uh, yes, when they're dormant, but they're not dormant anymore. No, managot leaves on. Yeah. So the dor- dormant spray comes in a kit. It's usually two bottles. One bottle is an oil, a light horticultural oil. The other bottle is lime sulfur. Uh, following the directions early in the spring when the plants are still dormant, meaning no leaves, no flowers, just maybe buds, but dormant. Uh, following the instructions, we mix the liquids together with some water and spray the dormant trees. Uh, any of the fruit trees, roses crab apples, any of our woody plants that are very susceptible to insects and diseases. And it's an excellent way to prevent problems in the upcoming season. So is it too late now? It is too late to use the, the dormant spray as a um, as a dormant spray. But if you own that kit, do you, do you have that stuff on? No, I don't have it. Okay. I wouldn't go out and buy it now. Uh, there is a summer. You can use that. You know what, if you're in a garden center, read the instructions. There's, there are suggestions on how to use those individual components in the summer, but we do not use them in the summer the way we use them in the spring. So they're separated out and not mixed together. The oil is typically just put on hold until the plants are dormant again, so you could use it in the fall. But uh, the lime sulfur can be used for it. There's, a summer, there's summer information on the package. All right, thanks very much. Okay, thank you, Trish, for joining us here on a Saturday morning. And just so we don't get too far afield, I'll have to get uh, into our our break rather quickly here and then come back and say hi to Julie in Etobicoke. So we shall, of course, continue here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And on a bit of a rainy Saturday morning, we bid welcome to Julie calling in from Etobicoke. Hi, Julie. Hi, Julie. Go ahead. Yes, uh, I was wondering, is there anything that I could plant as a ground cover around the roses and raspberries so that I don't have to weed? Hmm. I used to have, like, I used to plant, like, wild strawberries, yeah. but they just don't work. And I have periwinkle in the front, but they also, they're choking up, like, the roses. Well, so that's the thing. Yeah, it's a cha- that's a bit of a challenge. The 
a plant that's going to act, that's going to do well as a ground cover and, you know, be thick and lush and control the weeds, mm-hmm. it's going to be so, uh, so vigorous that it can cause problems and choke out the main plant. I always remember I, um, I fell in love with this clematis one year and it was going to be a, like one of those clematis that are used can be used as a ground cover. And I thought, this is going to be great. I'll plant this at the base of my roses. So I'll have the roses flowering above and the clematis blooming below, and it's going to be gorgeous. So I planted the clematis, and guess what it did? It climbed up over top of the roses and ran right down the roses and just completely enveloped them. Yeah, I know. So, I've so <laughs> experienced that. Too. Yeah, so I pulled out the clematis and gave up on that idea. But what I do use now is a, an annual flower called alyssum. Alyssum. Yeah, so alyssum is something that, uh, little white flowers, very good pollinator-friendly plant. Uh, I have the sort of old variety of alyssum that seeds itself, so I don't have to replant it every year. Mm -hmm. So it just comes up every year. I actually have to pull a lot out. But it's an excellent ground cover under roses. Uh, It's white, so it reflects the sun away, and no weeds ever can come up through it. But oh, the, and it reseeds itself. It does, but the lissom you're going to buy in the store today, generally speaking, they're all um, hybrids that will not seed themselves. Uh, so just see if you can, where are you? You're in Etobicoke. If, if you're out shopping and you're looking for a lissom, a lissom does tend to be a fairly popular plant, but mm. just read the tags that on the lissom you see out there. Just try and get, you want the, the non-hybridized version. So you just I want see. plain okay. old simple lissom and then that will do what mine does. It'll just seed itself. Can you just ask you, mint will not work? It will, but it'll, it's like so many things, it'll just choke everything it will out. choke out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, then. Thank you mulch. very much. Right, worst comes to worst, yep. use mulch, right? And you yeah. do, it's a very good idea to get a, something under your roses because you do want to protect the, the you don't want that mud splashing yeah. up when it's raining because that's how yeah. diseases get spread. All right. Yeah, but you see, mulch, you still have to weed because. Well, I'll put it thick enough, two to four inches deep. It will, it'll control. Two to four inches. Yeah, two okay, to four. thank you very much. All right, Julie. Thanks, thanks for okay. calling. Okay. Um, I got so carried away with the, some of our stuff this morning, I forgot. Part of my uh, little duties to remind everybody that yeah. if, if you are a first-time caller, let our operator, who this morning is Josh, mm-hmm. let Josh know. And when you get to the air, you're going to hear the uh, welcoming sound of the bell, which means you've got your garden wing. That's right. And call early, call often. One question per call. Okay? Right. There we are. My, my job is done. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. You almost. can go sit in the corner and watch yeah, exactly. videos of you know, people kissing and stuff. Oh, goody. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let's get out to uh, Woodstock. There's Tom. Good morning, Tom. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. How are you, Frank and Charlie? Excellent. Great. Thank you. I have a jade plant, mm. which I was told uh, came from California. Mm-hmm. It's 13 to 14 inches high. Mm-hmm. And... But it only has one side branch on it. Uh, how do I get that thing to uh, get bushy? <laughs> so mm. it's one single stem with one side branch? Right. So it's all kind of t- lop- lopsided. And it's that yeah, tall. Yeah, and it, it's getting tall and yeah. straggly. So, you know, jade, it's an excellent plant, like so many other plants, that very much benefit from a little bit of pinching on occasion. So tape... Or in this case, taking your scissors out, maybe chop it right down to half size. By by cutting this plant, taking either, you know, back when it was five or six inches, you could have just taken the, the tips, and that would have forced some side branching. But now that you're up to 13, 14, I'd probably chop it down to about seven inches tall. Uh, and from that point, where all the you have a single stem, you have those leaves sticking off the stem, 
buds that you can't see are buried right at those where the leaves are attached to the stem and those little buds will break and start to grow and before you know it you'll have a much nicer looking plant okay okay but yeah i would i would take it down a bit i wouldn't just take the top off now i'd go down a few inches and uh, okay yeah and and stay on it give it six months and then do you know take off the tips so make oh. it a nice bushy good looking plant Okay, that sounds great. All right. Thank Thank you, Thanks for your call. Yeah. Nice of you to join us here on a Saturday morning, brighten up our day on an otherwise kind of a cloudy one. Hey, uh, look at that. It's going to stop raining, though. Hmm? It is going to stop raining. Yes. And then it's going to start raining again, and then it's going to be very nice on Sunday, Monday. And, yeah, Monday in particular. And our gardens needed rain, so this is a good thing. Oh, good thing. You know what? They're just just totally out there. (laughs) The gardens are smiling right now with this rain. That's true. Everything's green and lush, and it's getting all washed off. It's all good. I'm smiling because... Uh, Donna is calling in from Holland Landing, and she is a first-time caller. There you are. Hi, Donna. Welcome to the show. Hi, Charlie and Frank. Hi. Good morning. Uh, I just returned from um, two weeks ago. I took the Via Rail across Canada. Oh, lucky you. And there was a very violent yellow spike coming up, mostly through the snow in in the wet ditches. Have you any idea what it was? I thought originally it was spikes or something, but no, it was a plant. Yeah, yeah. And I have a picture of it, but I don't know what it is. Okay, so you know what? Send me a picture because I can't even think. I will. Uh, At this time. So a yellow, it's obviously a flower. What's what's the yellow flower? There was no green on it at all. And coming up. Just a yellow spike coming up in the ground. (laughs) Wow. And everything else was dead and wet and dry and... Here's this thing existing in, in, in very well. Yeah, well, yeah. it's, yeah. So, you know well. what? Can you, you have a picture. Can you email yes. me that or do you want to mail that? I will. I can email it to you. Oh, oh. perfect. So let's make sure you've got my email address. Okay. I'm give, uh, that's what I need. All, All right. right. I'll Frank's give it to you it. right now if you've got a paper and pencil. I have. Good. Okay. It's C. Dot Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at M, pardon me, mzmedia.com, okay. okay? Yes, thank you very much. Thanks okay, for thank you, Donna. I look forward thank to seeing you. that. Yeah, yeah, that's a strange little, well, strange, I guess. Wild plants grow everywhere, I guess, don't they? Hey, speaking of wild plants, yeah. we've had the ongoing mystery with the mystery plant, oh, right? And yeah. you have got down to the, the crux of the whole situation and brought in pots of the plant. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, Philip and uh, Kathy Theodoro out there in Markham, they were so uh, accommodating last week when after the show I dropped out to their place. And uh, they gave me a tour of the property. It was lovely. Really, eh? And, uh, boy, they were both working away in the garden well, and saved me two pots of these. And I don't know what It they're... is a geranium, I can okay. tell. Well, it all started a couple of weeks ago when Ann phoned from uh, outside Buffalo. Yeah. And she said, I've got this mystery plant. It, it looks like a geranium. It grows like stink. It prefers the shade, flowers in the spring, um, evergreen leaves where she lives. Uh, and she just wasn't sure what it was. Yep. So then Philip followed up that same week and said, I know what the plant is. I've got it. Yeah. And, he and said then, it was uh, came over from the old country. It yeah, was, I'm sure it did. And uh, um, Myrtle Creek, uh, what he said he is thought it was, uh, uh, said Kathy showed me that in the book, but uh, you want to check that out anyway. It um, is. It, it, the actual genus is geranium for sure. It okay, is a perennial yeah. geranium, mm-hmm. but you're right. I can get a little more information on that. Yeah. But yeah, so thank you very much to Philip and his wife for calling and offering, and thanks to you for getting right down to it. Hey, it was gr- great fun. Yeah. Great fun. Well, now, we have uh, Jeff in St. Catharines patiently waiting on the line there. Hi, Jeff. Good morning. Welcome to the show. 
How you doing, Frank? How are you? And good. Charlie, good morning. How good are you? Morning. I'm a first time caller, by the way. I did Oh, tell well, now, all righty. Oh, there yeah. You know. Welcome. Oh, you've I, got wings. <laughs> you, you've made my day. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, Charlie, uh, I've uh, exhausted all my uh, avenues here, and uh, you are undoubtedly the grand poobah, and I'm hoping I can get an answer from you. <laughs> I'm going to quote I, you on that, the grand poobah part. <laughs> I am having, and have had all last year, a running battle with, I swear, a demon squirrel. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, on my back deck, in uh, in my planter boxes, for the first year I put flowers. Well, I'm terrible at planting, so I hired somebody to, mm. you know, Make it pretty. Very, very nice arranging yeah. on my back deck. And literally throughout the year, this demon squirrel, uh, I don't know, it's got it in for me or something, <laughs> just ruined everything. It was like something right out of Caddyshack. Wow. <laughs> and uh, uh, I tried everything. I tried poisoning it. I tried forks. I tried uh, uh, knives. I tried, uh, um, like, peppers. And then and, and I... <laughs> I, I just couldn't do anything, Charlie. So I swear I'm laughing. <laughs> short of 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 of, of, of uh, pointing a rifle at it out of my kitchen window, I'm asking you, please, please. I don't want to have to put full flowers out there anymore. No, I hear you. So, so are you, is it one what, squirrel, or is it a, a gang of squirrels? Is it? You think it's one squirrel? It's 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 one squirrel. I know him. I'm 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 I mean I'm, we're almost on a first name basis. I bet. You know, I always think of what what I, I read this years ago in, in the White House. They every fall plant tens of thousands of bulbs uh, to come yeah. up the following spring, and they every year plant an extra ten percent for the just squirrels. For the squirrels. Yeah. So rather hmm. than fight the squirrels, they just <laughs> feed the squirrels. So I and I got an email from somebody last night. Same thing was uh, you know squirrels wreaking havoc in the garden. Yeah. I was like. Mm-hmm. What about maybe setting up a little uh, away from the planters, like mm-hmm. far away as you can get, a, a little bowl of peanuts yeah, yeah. for the squirrel? I'm sort of uh, as a truce, like as an offering to the squirrel. Maybe the squirrel will go for the peanuts instead of the containers. Just a suggestion. If you've tried the forks, because the forks should work, but like you said, it didn't work. And knives is a good idea too. Uh, no, in this case, no, the, he, he just he just dug around him and uh, <laughs> and uh, and just you know and 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 went and went. And went to town and when that wasn't enough he chewed i had some lights out there he even chewed through the wires on that oh my god yeah, this guy's sound, determined sound a bit demonic doesn't he <laughs> have you tried any of the repellent sprays because there is a, a, a spray called plant skid so it's the one word plant and then s k y d as in dog d as in dog again so plant skid it is a repellent it is completely organic it uh, it should be. It's available in any sort of good garden center. You should be able to find it without too much trouble. And it was f- at first invented in, I think it was Finland or Norway, and it was all about um, elk. The elk were causing all kinds of problems, eating everything. And it turns really? out that this repels so many things that are rabbits and deer and voles, chipmunks, squirrels, opossums. You know, moose, this is like a a seriously effective uh, repellent. And you spray it once, and it should be effective for up to six months. 
Wow. Okay. There were a few repellents that I did try, and obviously they, 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 you know, they didn't work. But uh, this is called plant skid. Yep. Did you say? Yeah, and you can get it on the web, or you can get it at a garden center. So plant S K Y D D plant skid repellent. Well, let us know how you get, uh, come along with that, Jeff. Uh, if that works for you. Yeah. This this guy sounds work. like he needs to be, be controlled in well, a very serious exactly. manner, huh? Yeah, yeah, and it, well, it's not poisonous to anything mm-hmm. else, and it's like I say, completely organic and long lasting. Doesn't wash off in the rain, which is great too. Remember, Sean, when you were in Florida, Sean mm-hmm. was here. He had some other repellent. I'll find it. It's buried in yeah. my book here. It was all about egg and this and that. And you yeah. mix it all up, and it was supposed to be pretty effective as well. Okay. So I'll see if I can find that. All well, right. Give that a try, Jeff. And, and uh, into a him or me situation. This is like a high noon on my on my deck. So, I can just see um, it now. You well, know? I hope it's not the squirrel that phones us back, okay? The, the holsters. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> and, oh, I appreciate you calling her the Grand Poobah. I <laughs> oh, think is. that exactly. gives me ammunition for weeks now. Well, she, she <laughs> certainly is, and I Thank you so much, both of you. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. All the best. Oh, we get the best callers here on Zoomer Radio, I'm telling you. Uh, Now, I don't know. Do you know where Glen Arm is? Uh, Our next caller, Dave, is is from Glen Arm. But maybe he'll tell us. And he is a first-time caller as well. Ah, Hey, there you go, Dave. Welcome Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. And where's Glen Arm, anyway? Hey, uh... We're one-third of the way from Fenland Falls to Beaverton. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's nice. a nice part of the world. Yeah, it sure is. It is. I bet. It really is. Pretty today. What I'm calling about is autumn blaze maple. Uh-huh. The, the leaf, um, I bought them from a nursery. Uh-huh. And the first leaves that come out every spring have little red bumps on them that turn black. And I've inquired through the nursery that, uh, and I've been told that they are uh, mites. Mm -hmm. And the only way to control them is to spray the base of the tree um, in the early spring with malathion. Oh, yeah, you don't want to do that. You can't. It's against the law. That's why I was wondering if there's some other way of controlling it. But, okay, so the first leaves come out like that, but do the subsequent leaves do the same thing? No, not all of them. It's usually the the first uh, the first leaf. Sometimes it'll be the second leaf. But okay. So the reason I'm asking is because <clears throat> see, I'm just bringing it up on the computer. Oh, yes. That's okay. what he's talking about. They're called bladder gall mites. So what? It's kind of interesting, actually, the way they work. So the little insect is on the plant, and it it starts to chew into the tissue of the leaves, and the plant responds. And this happens to maples all the time by growing around the insect. So that's what the bump is. The oh, bump is is the yeah. maple growing over and around the insect. The insect is down inside that bump. That's it. Like it doesn't do any further damage now, other than to look a little unsightly. Uh, that's all. Um, yeah. There's no further their damage it will not kill the tree it's you know and if it's just the first couple of leaves as well and the rest of the leaves the rest of the season are all perfectly green yeah. i wouldn't be overly concerned about it um, so the, the bug and the tree have kind of called a truce uh, yeah in a well they have worked out a bit yeah. of a relationship and yeah. it, and so the bug gets what it wants and the tree gets what it wants and 
nobody dies in the process. And the thing about malathion is malathion now illegal, but when it was available, that is a contact killer. So that is an insecticide that must contact the insect in order to work. Mm. And um, so soap is the same thing, right? We use the soapy solutions now. Again, exactly. contact killer. Typically, with an insect that's inside an inside tissue of a plant, we look for an insecticide that's systemic. So something that is absorbed by the plant and then makes the plant toxic or poisonous to insects that are chewing on the inside, which was what Saigon was all about. Yeah. Remember, we used Saigon on birch trees mm-hmm. to right. protect from the bronze birch borers because they bore down inside. So that would be more le- – the if you were using an illegal chemical, that would be one that I would recommend before malathion would be Saigon because that would be more effective in terms of actually getting inside the tissue. But okay. I'll, I'll look it up and see if there's any kind of thing you can do as a prevention. It might be that something as simple as a dormant spray early in the spring when the plants are still might dormant yeah. might actually be the best, the best thing to do. Okay. Well, all right. Hey. Uh, I'll see what I can find out, and I will report back, I promise. Okay. Thanks a lot, uh, Dave, for calling in from Glen Arm. We'll try and remember yeah. that location. That's I love that name. Gorgeous part of, the, Arm. part of the province. That is for sure. And, uh, you know, a little bit later on this morning after the show, you and I are going to try going to uh, High Park. Which we haven't been to for a number well, of weeks. Well, cherry blossoms have just said, you know, too busy. Yeah. Keep we'll, if, you, if we could walk there, we would go. But it's just too far to walk, oh. and you cannot drive anywhere near no. High Park when the yeah. cherries are blooming. So I think we're going to be safe today. But we're going to actually take a trip to High Park in just moments and talk to Gene, who's on the line. And we'll be to you in a moment here, Gene, after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, let's uh, take that little trip to High Park in advance of our actual trip. There's Jean. Good morning. Welcome to the show, Jean. Good morning. Good morning. I just want to ask you about red bugs. Yep. I have plenty on my garden, little garden. Uh-huh. I live close to High Park, yep. very close, and they eat my uh, flower. So what I should do it? Like Colorado beetles. Yeah, they're, they're not called. Colorado. Yeah. They're, you know what they're called? They're bright red on their back. And if you flip them over, they're black on their tummies. Yeah. And it's called a lily leaf beetle. So oh, yeah. It, it is a beetle. You're right. Well, uh, I should get it, uh, something solution for that. There's no spray that will kill them. The only thing that will kill them is you squishing them. Uh-huh. And that's... That's unf- what I'm doing every morning. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. They're, yeah, they're, it's terrible. That's the problem. Once you have one, you have a hundred, and they do uh, yeah. prefer certain plants. So what they'll eat is they will eat um, any lilies, not day lilies, but regular lilies. They will eat, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, uh, Never mind, they eat my herbs. Oh, really? Yeah. What kind of herbs have you got? Well, uh, I have, uh, what's it called? Oh, I forget. Uh, I am old woman. Uh, so right. anyway, I uh, yes, <laughs> I have I have lots of herbs. I'm surprised they eat them because they'll so definitely. I'm very upset. They'll eat uh, lily of the valley. Yeah. They'll eat fritillaria. That's what they usually eat in my garden, which is a little bulb that comes uh-huh. up in the spring. They wipe those out. They'll eat leaves, flowers, buds. They're not picky. They just but they're pretty yeah. specific. I'm surprised they're eating your herbs. Yeah. Um, hmm. There is no spray. It's all about no squishing, spray. squishing. But I am afraid to spray my my herbs. 
Right. I mean, you can spray, but the insects won't die. So that's the problem. Yeah, that's right. Beetles are hard to kill. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's really no. There's no easy way to, to deal with those manually. Oh, yeah. Pick them off. Yeah. Pick and squish. Yeah. I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, so, oh well. I'm surprised though that they're eating herbs, and I mean the only well, other thing would be to consider. Now it's too late. Now the herbs are in pots or in the ground? No, on the ground. Okay, on the ground. Because they're on the ground growing. I I just plant them. Right. There is something yeah. called a, a floating row cover. So it's like cheesecloth. And so you uh-huh. could consider next year, too late now, but next year as you're planting your herbs. Uh, as best would be to put them in a pot because then you would know that the beetles aren't in the soil, and then you would put this this sort of cheesecloth, a, a bit of a yeah, netting, netting yeah. over top of the plants, and then the bugs wouldn't be able to chew them. And that would be like a way to protect the mm. plants. Otherwise, I don't know how you can get rid of those insects. They are a real problem. I agree. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Right. Thank you, Jean. We, okay. Charlie wishes she had better news for you there, but you just got to kind of deal with it I manually. Am, like I say, I'm surprised they're eating the herbs. Yeah. Um, Mike in Kitchener on the line. Good morning, Mike. Hello, Mike. Good morning. Whoop. Have we lost him? I think so. Uh, I heard a click. Mike, are you there? Good morning. Mike. No, I'm here. Oh, there okay, you are. there you go. Uh, I have a question regarding my tomato plants. Yeah. Uh, last year I put them in, mm-hmm. and they were great mm-hmm. uh, up until they were uh, just about ripe. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there was a blight on them, uh-huh. and it affected the, the foliage yeah. and the uh, tomato yeah. itself. My question to you is, if I put them back in that same spot this year, am I going to have the same problem? You might. Uh, there are three kinds of blight that affect tomatoes, early, mid, and late blight. The, the, um, the late blight and the mid blight, particularly the late blight, just wipes out the plants. Like it's just you go from a good-looking plant to yellow, speckled, bad-tasting fruit almost overnight. And that's what it did last year. Yeah, which is likely what you had. But keep in mind that a lot of these, these are fungal diseases. And so the way it works with disease in general is you have to have the right environmental conditions in order for the fungal spores to not only germinate, but to really grow in in a big way. And of course, last year we had super optimal conditions for all fungal diseases because it rained and it rained and it rained. And so we had, we saw just a, a phenomenal level of fungal disease throughout the gardens, whether it was, you know, powdery mildew, downy mildews, blights, and all kinds of different spots, like like leaf spots and black spots and things that were fungal in nature. So what I, two things I would recommend. If you can, definitely rotate the crop. So don't put tomatoes there. Don't put any members of the tomato family into that area. Make sure you're giving sufficient space between your tomatoes. So you've got good air circulation, good sun penetration, and that definitely helps keep the fungal spores not thriving when we've got good air, good good light uh, into the plants and good spacing between them. And pray that we don't get a ton of rain day after day after day, which I don't think we will this year like, like we did last year. Well, those spores could be uh, still dormant in the, in the ground there. Yes, yes, they're around. They're always going to be around. It's just going to be the conditions are right for those spores to really take off. Okay. So, 
So, but ro- rotating is always a good idea in terms of the quality of the crop. So, if you can, I would recommend that as well. That's kind of a weird spot. I have a hard time doing this. I know. Small spot. I was going to say it's yeah. hard. It's yeah. none of us have that enough acreage to really, really rotate like we'd like to. But, but if you can, or even consider tomatoes in containers for a year, just give that soil a rest and you know get a couple of big. Depending on how many tomatoes you grow, but uh, yeah, a couple of big containers can make a difference too. Okay. All right. Bye. Super Mike, thank you for joining us here on a Saturday morning as we broadcast live and direct, of course, from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Now, my uh, arm has been getting a real workout. That's uh, good. With we my like bell. that. So I, I'm going to come back and continue <laughs> the, the ringing of the bell for Carolyn in Cobaconk in just a moment here on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie, just before we check in with uh, Carolyn and Kobokonk, uh, you have a, a little uh, recipe well, that might help? Well, we're so- finding solutions to yeah, problems yeah. today. So I uh, remember Dave called in from Glenorm, and he was talking about those funny red spots on his maple leaves, which are the bladder gall mites. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick look here, and what I've come up with, as I, you know, as I said, they don't hurt the tree. They're a little unsightly. Now... Two things you can do. You can remove the leaves that have the galls and destroy those leaves, thus killing the insects that are in the galls for purposes of lowering the population yep. next year. Um, another suggestion was dormant spray. So again, it'd be a next spring, early in the season, before the leaves are out on the trees. Get a hold of a dormant spray kit. That's that lime, sulfur, and oil. Mix as per directions Mm -hmm. and give that maple a good thorough spraying early in the spring, and you might be able to lower the population that way as well. Okay. Okay. All righty. Here we go. A little Franklin with the... uh Ah, that there, arm. ah, the bell goes. That's for Carolyn in Cobacunk. Hi, Carolyn. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, good morning. Uh, I want to say hi to Glen Arm because we're quite nearby. Oh, yes, excellent. You are. You are. <laughs> we're all, uh, both uh, near Balsam Lake. Um, yeah. I'm calling because the gentleman that called in about the problem with the uh, squirrel. Yeah. yeah, Jeff. Yeah, well, many years ago, my mother, who's now deceased, um, had a problem with both squirrels and raccoons. And she ordered from the now defunct Sears catalog, this little, um, um, you plug it in and it makes a very low grade noise that humans can't hear, but the animals can hear it and it scares them away. And that worked, huh? Now, I was just looking through the home hardware catalog, and uh, uh, rodents, um, they have a little rat zapper there. And that oh. would cover squirrels, possibly. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rat zapper, idea. Jeff, wow. if you're listening, might want to yeah. f- ch- try that. And uh, I'm thinking it's a low grade. You don't yeah, hear it. We as don't a hear person, it exactly. But yeah. it was so effective. It was amazing. So, did you actually see like a raccoon or somebody would come wandering yeah. into the yard and then go whoa and then go the other uh, direction? No, I didn't see that. But they just stopped coming after oh, a couple wow, weeks. That's, that's cool. Yeah. So this is an outdoor thing. So you've got to make sure that it's out. It's you're capable yeah, of being outside. 
under her front deck. Oh, yeah. oh good wow. idea. And huh. she plugged it in, and she had no more issues with raccoons or squirrels. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, you can't get the same thing. No. But I just happened a couple of days to go to notice this and thought, well, that's cool to know. They're still selling that. Yeah, yeah. But I wondered if that might assist him in some way. Thank you for the suggestion. And you're right. They, they do. I have heard of that as a suggestion, and it's certainly worth Jeff following up on. So I hope oh, totally. he'll call, it could call us back. cost him a lot less than, you know, all these other yeah. things. <laughs> and uh, I just thought we were friends with the raccoons and squirrels up there, too. So. <laughs> that's right. Well, thank you, Carolyn. That's, that's always neat to get these steps. Yeah. You bet. Good. As a matter of fact, uh, I got to thank Trish, uh, Trish Warren, one of the ladies who watched the uh, wedding uh, this morning with Shirley. Passed along a really neat little uh, trick of getting a paper bag, tie it at the top, and hang it somewhere. And the bees think it's a wasp nest, and they avoid the area. So if you're having problems with bees... Give that a try. A paper bag hanging. Yeah, so yeah. under the eave or somewhere That's out right. of the weather. And just hang it there and... Uh... Well, you can buy fake hornet's nests. Oh, like that oh, is really? sold to look like there a hornet's nest. And it's actually... I don't think it's to try and keep the bees away. I think it, the idea is that hornets... Assume that that's a hornet oh, so they or wasps. Away. They stay away because they're going. Oh, that's somebody else's territory. Yeah. <laughs> so Very they don't. Good. So it is a good way to, and yeah. it does actually work. Okay. Okay. Uh, now we can quickly get uh, yeah, the last call. I think so. One I think minute. so. Carla in Kitchener. Good morning. Orangeville. Welcome to the show. Orangeville. What? Oh. Orangeville. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. It's Orangeville. I had you in Kitchener for a second. <laughs> we have you moving. Sorry. Hi, Carla. Good morning. I'm not in Kitchener. I'm in Orangeville. Yeah. Good morning to the two of you. Um, I have a question about rhodos. Mm-hmm. Uh, my rhodos are not happy. The bush looks uh, scraggly. Yep. And they do not bloom uh, as prolific. No. Um, so what do I do to make them happy? Move to British Columbia. <laughs> not <laughs> not, not just I'm Kitchener. you got to go so, further. Swallowing so I know about sandy soil and good drainage. And um, <laughs> I'm talking about uh, zone four. So Okay, so but, what... Okay, so here's quickly what I would suggest. See, the problem in Ontario is that our soils are limestone-based. Yeah. Rhododendrons love a very low pH. They love an acid peat-based soil, so peat moss-based. So when you plant rhododendrons, you need to incorporate peat moss, uh, pine needles, um, anything you can do to get make it. No, it, it does need good drainage, but they also need very consistent moisture, and they yep. love that low pH. Okay. There are some roto choices that are a little hardier than others. For the Zone 4 gardener like yourself, I would yep. go for the PJM roto, so the, le- the letters P as in Paul, J as in John, yep, M as in Mary. There's yep. a whole series in the PJM series. They're very hardy. They're very dependable but if you've already got them in the ground or you're going to plant make sure you're incorporating lots of peat moss once they're in the ground every single year in the spring fertilize with a rhododendron food plus add soil acidifier every single spring that's a sulfur that you're going to add to your soil as per directions to try and keep that ph down where the rhododendron will be happy Okay. So the pH will be like a four and a half, five or something. Exactly. Like that? You need it down at least to down to a six if you can, and a five would be five point eight would be brilliant. 
Okay. Thank you, Carla. We got you in just under the wire there. Yeah, we, we did, didn't we? <laughs> oh, my and golly. there's a mere seconds left. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Joshua. Very good job. And thank you, Frank. Couldn't ever do it without you. And thanks to all our great callers. We got questions. We got I love solutions. That Jeff's grand poobah line. <laughs> I know. I'm going to be using that for I'm a gonna, while. I'm going to get that. <laughs> I'm going to put that on my, my exactly. phone or something. <laughs> See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.